Yeah. So just like taking those very financial sustainability mindsets that my parents taught me and then like, okay, so I can, I can build something for myself and not like really lose a lot of money by making a mistake. If you start slow and start sustainable and really like don't overspend, you don't like spend so much money down a path that isn't going to be profitable. You take smaller steps and figure it out. And I think that that's part of why um, things have gone well for us is granted, it's been very slow, but in that slowness, it's working and it's a stronger business. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of Still Being Molly. And this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, the companies, and the small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I get to sit down with an incredible entrepreneur, community activist, writer, speaker, just an incredible person who is trying to make a positive impact, not only through their personal life, but also with their career. My goal is to show you, the listener, that no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact wherever you are. My guest this week is my dear friend, Stephanie Edwards. She is the founder of Jubilee Trading Company, in addition to also running another e-commerce brand, Highland Ridge Decor. She grew up on a farm in rural Estill Springs, Tennessee, and little did she know that the entrepreneurial spirit of her family ruined her for any other traditional career path. After studying journalism and art at the University of Tennessee, she moved to another tiny town in Tennessee, Leoma, where she lives with her husband and two kids and runs her handmade businesses online. What began as a freelance graphic design business evolved into running these two e-commerce brands, Highland Ridge Decor and Jubilee Trading. And as a handmade business owner, she loves advocating for conscious consumerism. I loved this conversation with Stephanie. She is one of my dear, dear friends. We have met in real life and I have loved watching her businesses grow over the last couple of years. If you follow our farm account online, Sayla Farm, Our logo was actually designed by Stephanie and her company, uh, Highland Ridge, actually made our farm signs that are at the end of our driveway. And she is just incredible. She's incredible. She has such such an incredible vision and heart for conscious consumerism and supporting small businesses and running ethical businesses and also e-commerce and so many things. She's a wealth of knowledge. And this is such a rich episode. You are going to love this conversation. But before I get to my chat with Stephanie, I want to thank our partner of the show, and that is Mama Suds. After a long, cozy winter inside, it is time to bust open the windows, grab those Mama Suds germ cleaners, and get to cleaning. From the windows to the walls to floors, upholstery carpets, you name it, Mama Suds has a truly safe product to help you clean it. We have personally used Mama Suds in our home for years. We love their multi-purpose, all-purpose cleaner. We love their Castile soap, their laundry soap, their toilet bombs, all of it. They're not only safe, but also effective. They work. Oh my gosh, I love this stuff so much. So head on over to mamasuds.com and use the coupon code MOLLY for 15% off your order. Now on to my conversation with Stephanie Edwards. I'm so excited to have my dear friend, Stephanie Edwards, with me on the show this week. Stephanie, how are you? Uh, I'm doing great. It is like rainy and gray over here. So this is like a ray of sunshine for my day. I'm so excited to be chatting with you. You're a ray of sunshine for my day. So it's, you know, Ah, very convenient. So um, Stephanie and I have known each other for a couple of years now. And I just like to go back because... 
when we met in person, it was January of 2020 and the world <laughs> looked real different then. And I just think about, so we went on a, um, uh, my friend M Gray and I were hosting a business retreat and Stephanie came on it. And uh, we obviously immediately became friends. By the end of that week, like all of us were just like, you know, the best of friends. And it was just yeah. so much fun. And, um, you know, but then we, we, we'd set these like 2020 business goals <laughs> and all these things. What a joke. We were adorable. What a joke. We were, we were so cute. We were but so I do love to like stop and remember, you know, I just like walked into this Airbnb with a dozen ladies I'd never met. And we all just hugged. It was awesome. hugged back then, man, minimus hugs. I'm oh. ready. I'm ready to start hugging again. It was so much fun. Uh, I, I had Jenny Nuccio, who also attended that retreat. She was on yes. the podcast yes. um, earlier this year, maybe last summer. I don't know. Uh, all the time. time. What is time? What is time? <laughs> um, and Jenny and I talked about how she, so because she was flying in from Kenya and she flew yeah. in a day early. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I remember that. I yeah. remember that. We yeah. like walked in. She, she, she like, texted oh, yeah, She's like, here. hey, I'm I know at the, the drill. I'm at the Airbnb. <laughs> and we're like, uh, what? You're, what? I mean, thankfully, Emily and I were already there, but we were at a different Airbnb. Anyway, it was a whole, it was a oh, whole thing. Oh, gosh. That maybe should have been like so our fun. point. Like Good 2020 times. was going to be an interesting year. Um, so, <laughs> so weird. But regardless, <sighs> but, is, you know, yeah. since that time, um, we've gotten to know each other and uh, you run two incredible businesses, which we're going to talk about. And I just love um, your heart. You've done a TEDx talk. You've done so much in the last two years. So um, busy. I, yeah. It has, you know, even though we've all, you know, hashtag RIP two weeks to slow the spread. I don't know. Anyway, we're moving on. That was also cute. <laughs> so, um, but let's dive in. So Stephanie, give me the Stephanie 101. So who you are, what you do and how you got to where you are today. All right. So I'm going to like go way back because uh, surprisingly your childhood like really shapes how you turn out. So I grew up on a farm and so like not a casual backyard farm, but like multi-generational 2000 total acres kind of deal. And um, I spent my summers roaming the back 80 acres at my parents' house until I aged up to where I could like reach the clutch and was strong enough to push it in on a tractor. And so then I was like driving tractors all summer. Um, so like by fourth grade, we were, we were working, uh, it wasn't like fun time. It was fun. But so then in high school, my great grandfather passed away and his like home place was half a mile from where my parents' house was. And he had about 40 acres there and being entrepreneurial, my parents, uh, sat us all down and kind of explained details. And as a family, we decided together to open a seasonal corn maze and pumpkin patch on his property, calling it granddaddy's farm. And so this was like my parents' way of getting us a start in life. We were never given an allowance. We always had to like, even as the fourth grader driving a tractor, we were like keeping our log sheets of like, okay, how much did we work? And then we would get paid. And so, um, we didn't have like a college fund or a nest egg saved up. My parents didn't save up, but they started a business for us as like giving us our leg up and flying the nest. And so that uh, business is how I bought my first car and how I put myself through college debt free. Wow. Um, so there's like major work ethic, right? 
but I am the rebellious middle child. So I absolutely hated all of this. It was, it was the worst. So like I would dream as a kid, I vividly remember this, like wishing my dad would just like, you know, give up this legacy of all of the farming generations and like become a mechanic or something normal. So that way we could like have vacations that were longer than four or five days and we could go further than like just the mountains nearby. And I I had this obsession from as far back as I could remember of like globes and maps and I hoarded National Geographic magazines and couldn't wait to get out of Dodge like as soon as possible. So went off to college and studied photojournalism because A, I want to travel the world and B, I had gotten interested in high school and like social justice issues. And so I thought that that was like a career path that was sure to help me have an impact and um, help these yeah. big issues that I, I'd been tracking. And so this all works out until summer of my junior year, I take an internship in Haiti. And so this was 2011, the year after the big earthquake. And um, it was just super eye-opening. And I came back with all of my pictures and all of my stories and was super excited to tell like everybody that I could talk to about it. And I quickly realized that nobody cared. Mm. And it was like, okay, so here I am. I've always wanted to do this like journalism career path, telling stories and fostering change. And what I really noticed is that it was the boots on the ground, people there doing things, making that lasting change. So um, while we were in Haiti, I had a chance to visit a artisan group which was just like this brand new concept. This is 2011 and brand new to me. And it blew my mind watching this lady who was training people to take like discarded flat tires and make flip-flops out of them. And I was like, wow. So this was the same way of my parents not like getting me a college fund, but giving me a business instead. If you don't have anything. Mm -hmm. What you need is opportunity and you need something sustainable. You don't need like a handout to like give you food for the next day because it only lasts you the next day. So um, when there's no one to hire you, you start your own business. So ironically, that's what I end up having to do. So I fell in love with the first boy I met in college, as you do. And immediately after graduation, we got married and um, I first thing I did was cash out of the family farm. I was ready for my own career path and worked for two years at entry-level job. And then my husband took a job with his own family's small business in rural Tennessee. So I found myself in the middle of nowhere with a journalism and art degree during a recession. Yep. So that is the stuff quarter life crises are made of. Yes. Yes, they are. <laughs> so like I learned in Haiti, I got scrappy and started my own business. Um, I leaned into the one graphic design class that I took in college and barely understood at the time and layered on some Google University and started freelance work. And since I had no resume or portfolio, I started an Etsy shop because I had seen people on Instagram with Etsy shops. And so I started selling like digital download printable art until I had made enough sales to buy a printer. And so then I started printing and shipping. Um, so coincidentally, around this time, 
uh, my dad acts on his dream of buying a CNC plasma cutter. So a computer driven machine that uses a torch to cut sheet metal. And a really smart salesperson was like, if you know a graphic designer, y'all can really do something. So it's like, I know how to run an Etsy shop. So here we go. And uh, that was 2015. Four years later, I was looking around. I was like, okay, so now we're a lot busier doing this than my dad probably ever anticipated. I mean, he's a full-time farmer. He did not need like this other thing going yeah. on. But And I um, love, by the way, that your dream of like <laughs> separating yourself from your father's business <laughs> led you to going into business with your dad. So I'm just, it's very ironic. It's, it's very ironic but I am in charge on this one. Yeah. So, <laughs> so now he works for me. Yeah. Never say never. Don't ever say you're going to leave a tiny town and never come back. Don't ever say you're not going to work with your family. Yeah. There's God is, has a great sense of humor. Yeah, he does. Uh, so, um, about four years in, I was like, all right, so I've learned a lot. I'm doing well at this but my dad doesn't need me to grow this business. And I had always wanted to do something that was impacting others, not myself. So um, in 2019, I decided to start Jubilee Trading Company. So the dream was a home artisan made home decor ethical trade brand. And I had no artisan partner lined up. But I started sending out feelers to um, any relationship that I'd ever made with anyone overseas and developing areas, anybody knew, any, knew anybody. And I had one option out of like 40 emails that opened up with a leather worker in uh, Morocco. And so we started talking and he was an established craftsman, but... He didn't have a good enough outlet in his community to like really sustain his family. So he was looking for someone like me who knew a little about knew a little bit about e-commerce and was willing to import and then sell locally. So here we are. So we've been together since um, 2019 and slowly getting our feet under us. Um, I was very pregnant at the time whenever we got connected, and then you know, 2020 happened. And so that was chaotic, but we're, uh, 2021 was a good year for us and we're kind of getting our feet under us. Uh, yeah. So times are very exciting these days. So that's like the framework. I love it. That's awesome. You know, and so here you are, you have all this different entrepreneurial background and, and entrepreneurial experience, and then you're running two e-commerce brands and, um, you know, one obviously focusing on uh, kind of here, you know, producing your own products. And actually our farm, uh, our farm signs yeah. uh, were made um, by Highland Ridge Decor uh, and we love them so much. So, and my husband's business yes. sign. Uh, so we're obviously big fans over here. Uh, yes, you know, a sweet and customer. we get, yeah. I don't think I actually said Highland Ridge Decor. It yeah, and so, um, we get compliments on them art. all the time. People always <laughs> Aww, say, like, "Oh, shucks. I love your sign so much." So, yeah. you know, and then obviously seeing the growth that you've had, even through COVID, um, with Jubilee Trading has been amazing. I obviously I want to talk about some of those things and why you went that route. But I want to actually kind of go back and talk a little bit more about one of the really unique things that you shared that, um, you know, your parents uh, didn't have a nest egg for you. They didn't have college savings yeah. for you. They started a business for you. 
and how, you know, I would love to kind of hear your, just your perspective on what that was like as a kid to be thrown into, you know, entrepreneur and like maybe what at the time you were like, this is stupid or you know whatever it is. So stupid. Um, versus like what you now are like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that I had that experience and I had, you know, this, that and the other because it was, you know, like a, and it wasn't even a year round business. It was a seasonal business. So right, how right. did you like t- walk us through kind of what, you know, oh man. Yeah. Teenage so, Stephanie was thinking. Oh, <laughs> uh, so like I said, I was I was an obnoxious little teenager. Um, so the the corn maze and pumpkin patch was the uh second level of business that my parents put us into. It first started so about fifth grade, my dad had the idea of, you know, he's got all these cornfields and it's an easy upsell of okay, you take the corn bundles. And you do those decorative fall deals. And so we would sell corn bundles of corn to um, nurse garden centers and produce stands around Middle Tennessee. And so that started in fifth grade. And I remember that was our first, like, that's a seasonal thing, obviously. And so that was my first, like, like real paycheck. And because we would, at the end of the season, split everything appropriately. And so that was like working for months. And then at the end of the season, get like your payout. And I remember that my brother bought, no, that first year we bought a, a Nintendo 64 Whoa, fancy off stuff. eBay. Oh yeah. We just thought we were so cool because we bought our own Nintendo. So like really cool. Um, so that was really fun. Like not fun, but like very valuable, I would say. Yeah. Learning real work. And then that equals a paycheck. And then the, the thing about like a seasonal job is that you, you get paid like once and then that's it for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, which was very good budgeting for me with like hearing people who like end up at the end of the week with like $3 and waiting for their next paycheck. I mean, that could never have been me because I would get paid once a year and then like budget around that. Granted, I was a kid, like I didn't have bills. But um, by the time we started Granddaddy's Farm, I was a sophomore in high school. And that was like, all right, you got to save up for your own car and the gas money that comes with it. And so that was even higher level of like, okay, we're planting pumpkins. We are mowing out a corn maze. We're like doing all this stuff over the summer and then open for six weeks in the fall. And then it was just like full on, okay, you go to school and then you come home and you feed the chickens and the goats and you work all weekend long of like, I was, I was the concession stand girl. So I would do the nachos and hot dogs and all that business. So yeah, it, I could see from my parents' perspective now, like how good parenting that was. But as a teenager, it was like, oh my gosh. So my best friend is like always going to the pool or like different family vacations that folks would have. And we would go to the Smoky Mountains, which is like four or five hours away from where I grew up every single year. That was our our one thing. It was the same vacation every year. And like, I would have to like beg to get to go to the pool for a birthday party, but you know, it was very responsibility heavy. Yeah. And so now that's ruined me. Like I can't not work at this point because I've been working my entire life, you know? 
But then in college, I was still part owner in Granddaddy's Farm. We had all bought in initially. Um, we didn't have very much, but we all pooled together to get some of the first startup supplies. And then at the end of each season, then we would distribute profits. And so, like I said, that's how I paid for my own college. So I would get paid like every November after we finished. And that was my tuition for the next two semesters. Wow. So that was like, okay, always saving. And um, yeah, so I, I didn't deal with those like coming of age financial struggles that a lot yeah. of people deal with because thankfully my... Yeah, that that was um, impossible for me, but but really good. And so that's that's gotten me pretty far, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think about I mean, just the 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 myriad of lessons (laughs) that I feel like (laughs) you learn through that and, you know, like being able to understand profit and loss and and dividends and and distribution and and, and taxes. Don't get me wrong. I really don't understand that stuff. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, having like a general (laughs) concept idea of those things and, you know, being able to budget and and know how to um, really look at, okay, if this is the only money that's going to be coming in for question mark period of time, got to make it last. Yeah. And so how do you, how yeah. do you do that? And that's a skill that let's be honest, is not widely taught <laughs> these days. <laughs> I realized that as I've gotten older and have like financial conversations with other people. And I'm just like, so why do you think that you can afford that car? <laughs> right. right. I mean, it's ama- it's a- it's amazing. Uh, it's amazing. Like the yeah, just the different money yeah. mindsets. And this isn't even like we weren't even really going gonna go down the rabbit hole of like it's, money it's stuff. A great but it is, hole. it's a it's a it's a fascinating thing. And it's something that um, you know, I keep trying to, you know, even on my kids' levels at the ages of eight and six, like explain to them that like, and it's like, there's so many times where like things come out of my mouth and I go, Oh, why did I say that? I sound like my parents, (laughs) Uh you know, like money doesn't grow on trees, like, you know, um, but yeah, but those are invaluable lessons and, and really, really, but really difficult lessons for parents to teach and for kids to learn. Yeah. And so that's, that's been a great, like, foundation for a sustainable business model. Um, I had kind of dreamed of having an artisan partnership business for a long time, but I didn't know how to sell things. So Mm -hmm. that was another reason why, oh, I'll start an Etsy shop and I'll like see how it goes before layering on, you know, involving other people's lives in it. But since I had always wanted to do something that did like involve other people. I had this weight of responsibility. I have to do this right. Like if I'm going to teach sustainability, like I have to start it sustainably. So I am very proud that I never put a dime into like personal money into any of my businesses. Mm. Um, I started my Etsy shop selling digital downloads. And so like, you don't have to buy anything. I had like my computer, my graphic design software and People would pay $5 and download my art. And so then I took like that pool of money and bought my printer. And so then started printing and shipping. And then granted, my dad did buy his machine. So that was his thing. But yeah, so whenever I started Jubilee and actually started like buying inventory from a different party, 
I had already saved up from my savings from Highland Ridge to be like, okay, so here's the nest egg that I've created for myself to start this new business venture. And uh, yeah, so just like taking those very financial sustainability mindsets that my parents taught me and then like, okay, so I can, I can build something for myself and not like really lose a lot of money by making a mistake if you start slow and start sustainable and really like don't overspend you don't like spend so much money down a path that isn't going to be profitable. You take smaller steps and figure it out. And I think that that's part of why um, things have gone well for us. Is Granted, it's been very slow, but in that slowness, it's working right. and it's a stronger business. No, I, I think those are really valuable uh, just lessons in general, um, yeah. and just yeah. the way that you've you've really focused on sustainability in so many different aspects, and uh, using your talents and skills in addition to the things that you've learned along the way in order to create these businesses. And um, and I, I like, I mean, I didn't even think about the fact that like you basically designed our farm logo um, when, know, when we made our fun. sign. I was just like. <laughs> I love this so much. Like this is our logo. Um, you know, so Yay. things like that, that you just, you have such a wide range of skills. Um, but uh, that kind of leads me to the next thing I wanted to talk about. And I know that this is um, a little bit of what you talked about in your TEDx talk, which I will try to um, link to that in the show notes oh, yeah, for thanks. people so people can see your um, your TED talk. Um, and you get to like have it be like, did you at the end say thank you for coming to my TED talk? Because if I ever did a <laughs> TED talk, that's exactly what I would say is I would thank you for coming to my TED talk. Um, I was way too nervous to be snarky. <laughs> Because <laughs> I would have absolutely 100% said that. Um, so <laughs> I wonder how many TED speakers have ever said that at the end. Is I there know, a statistic right? somewhere I, know, right? I can someone, hey, someone send me an email. Let me know how I find that out. So, but you talked, uh, you know, you just talk about like the power that consumers have as a, as you know, with their purchases and things like that. Now, mm -hmm. obviously this is something that I have spoken about ad nauseum a, times. a few times, <laughs> a few times on this show, um, ad nauseum, at, uh, on this show about, about this topic. But you know, you, t one of the things that I know you really focus on too, is just small scale entrepreneurship, small mm -hmm. scale businesses and how, you don't have to be, you know, a large corporation or even a large nonprofit or even like a, you know, quasi large ethical brand to make an impact and how, you know, a, a company with one artisan partner, yeah. one owner, like you can make a difference. So um, I'd love for you to kind of talk about that in your personal experience and, and like why, you know, we always hear like, oh, shop small, shop small businesses. But like, Talk to us about the actual impacts of those things. Yeah, man. So uh, back when I was selling pumpkins, you know, um, that seasonal business, we were open six weeks a year and we were a local business. You know, people won't drive probably more than an hour to go spend, you know, time in a pumpkin patch. Right. So it was our community during a small season would shop with us. And okay. So like how many people sell pumpkins in a the lot. fall? Like, a lot a lot of people. And it's really easy to just like grab some pumpkins while you're at Walmart doing your own grocery shopping. But the fact that people would drive, we were like 15, 20 minutes out of town. People would come to us and get their pumpkins, get some moms, their, when, their fall decor. Choosing us is exactly what paid my way through college. Like very literally. Yeah. People buying 
they're pumpkins. How many pumpkins do you buy a year? Like some people buy one, some people might buy 10. I don't know. But I don't know. I've seen some pretty pumpkin purchase. crazy people. <laughs> <laughs> there are some pretty pumpkin crazy people. Uh, so, but that's, that's one purchase a year. That's not even like this big thing. It's not like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go and spend $500. I'm going to really figure out like, no, this is very casual, very everyday purchase. But it made a huge difference in my life because that is like what got me out into the world. And that concept of shopping small and um, intentional started with me very young because of that. And so then like as I moved toward selling online, it was it was different because with our metal art that that's complicated machine right. it costs a lot of money and just the the pricing we had yeah. to do metal costs something you yeah. know and i i found out early on that like the pricing structure that we had to have wasn't a great fit for my tiny town no low cost of living area and people didn't want to spend a lot of money on something that could be considered a trinket and while i sold in local stores it was it was selling online that like was most of our stuff. Um, even today for both of my brands, New York and California are definitely more where we ship to. Oh, and I'm really over here in middle Tennessee. Yeah. 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 And so like the shop local movement didn't quite work for me as an adult because my products weren't a great fit for my local market, but it's these people, even in other places that are choosing intentionally to shop small and shop with this heartwarming father daughter business. That's the only reason I had a business, you know? Um, And it's not like, Oh, I'm just like way overpriced and it's a pity buy. And you know, well, I can only like make a business if like these rich people are buying from me or something, but it just the nature of the beast of some things cost more than others. And right. yeah, so um, people shopping intentionally with me was part of why I went toward this ethical shopping slant of, okay, so I've been on the receiving end of this. It is just people like Molly. Molly's one of my customers. You contacted me whenever you wanted your sign made of like, hey, I love your business. I want someone like you making my signs. And that's so great. You know where your stuff came from Mm -hmm. and it supported us in our work. And so now that I work with artisans in Morocco, so I have um, one primary partner that I like talk with, and then he has an assistant. And then as whenever we have large orders, they send work out to other people in their community that have the same skills. So that way we can like get through orders quicker. And this was huge with the timing of our partnership because we got, we started talking in 2019 and we launched like at Thanksgiving 2019. And, you know, next year was this huge shutdown. And um, we were still a little too starting out to do a lot of work in 2020. And they had really strict lockdowns over there. But um, especially for 2021, like, it was slow tourist season and tourists are his like bread and butter for people actually buying from him. And so after 2020 and then going into 2021 with slow tourism, it was our work that like really kept them like paying their bills and able to keep their heads above water. Right. Which is huge. Like we're, I mean, I would consider us a small business. We're not like a big timer. 
And just with the trickle of orders and steady work that I was able to give him and his one partner, like those were two families that weren't stressed about making ends meet that year. And that's big. Like every, every life that can be impacted is big. And then as we get momentum, we're able to um, share that a little more and expand a little more, but yeah, yeah. It's been really, really impactful seeing like the real faces that we're working with and being like, you know, I, I went to Morocco finally in November of 2021. And so I got to meet everybody in person and um, I stayed in the same, like my, my translator and my primary partner live in like a duplex situation. And I stayed with them there and had like Sunday lunch with their families with traditional couscous and all that. And yeah, I lived with them for a week and like seeing that, okay, wow, because of the, like some people would consider us piddling almost. I work 25 hours a week. I have small kids Yeah, that we're making a real difference. You yeah. know, it's, it's really, really encouraging. That's so awesome. Now, you know, pandemic aside, oh man, pandemic yeah. aside, what has been one of the biggest challenges in launching a business like this? Um, you know, oh, I always think about like, I'm always fascinated by like logistics of shipping stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. you just all of that is just seems like a lot. Like, I, I'm always like, I should start something like this. Like, I'm, I know, I'm like, that's why I've run all these businesses that I don't have to sell <laughs> things. Like, I have like my podcast and, you know, and like speaking, I like, I don't have to, it's just me. It's just me. Yeah. Like, I don't have yeah. to drop ship anything. But I always like have this idea of like, you know what I should do is like, and my husband has this weird um, dream of owning a warehouse and like having, oh, I don't man. know why. I don't know. Okay. We I need to talk. He I don't understand I this. <laughs> I don't understand this. He thinks it's really cool to like, he's like, I want to have a warehouse where we just like have racks of it's stuff to so ship cool. and sell. And I'm like, why? Yeah. Why is this a thing that you have a dream of? I don't know. It's very weird. When we were in Austin, Texas, a couple of years ago, we had gone and visited um, the offices and workshops for Matter Boomi, which is a, a fair trade oh, brand. Cool. Yeah. Love them. And um, I've got some of their stuff. Yeah, they're great. And it was so funny because we were walking around the warehouse and my husband was just like, this is awesome. This is what I want. And I was just like, yeah, no, this seems like a lot of work. <laughs> what? Why? Why? Why no, is this something you want? Anyway, the so. same way, like I was a like a I remember in fourth grade, my birthday present was this like white erase board and a collection of markers and a filing cabinet. And I was just like, this is so cool. Like office supplies are awesome. Yeah. And no, whenever we were on our retreat in uh, 2020 together, we went to the Able. Uh, oh, yeah. Where, yeah. Yeah. Same there. Yeah. Same and thing. I was just like, Oh my gosh. And so I went home and I was like, I want like cool branded packing tape. And so we've got this like industrial crank tape thing that like spits out this beautiful packing tape. I'm just like, this is awesome. Yeah. I know. You <laughs> know what? So I think, fun. Well, my daughter is one of the, so she's eight. And I really think that she, she's an entrepreneurial spirit at heart, even though she uh-huh. hasn't actually started any actual businesses, but she constantly has business ideas. But I, I should have known that that was Love the case it. when for her, I want to say for Christmas for like when she was two, um, we, <laughs> we gave her reams of paper. Like it was just re- yes. just reams of paper. Yes. And she was like, yep. this is the greatest Christmas mm-hmm. present of my life um, was mm-hmm. reams of paper. So 
I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, back to your question. Yeah. Challenges. Challenges. Um, yeah. In, in, I'm very in thankful that God like slowly layered this on where I like started with a cute little Etsy shop and then like started shipping and then started with more complex things. And so like with my dad, I can design something on my computer. It's just graphic design software. I email it to him. He puts it in his machine. It cuts it out. He does his elbow grease and makes it nice. And then like, that's it. It's done. So now that I'm partnering with somebody across the world and in, um, so my partner speaks a Berber dialect. And so like, it's nothing that I can find on Duolingo (laughs) to like, there's no Google translate voice thing. So I have to have my translator there and grant he's um, really helpful and very sweet to spend lots of time with us. But both of them are like the age of my dad, actually. So thankfully I already have practice working with my dad, but so we're over here like discussing designs for home decor and trendy things. And like my translator is trying to figure out like how to translate the word for a tassel. And then like my partner knows what it is, but like it has to get communicated. Right. And then like picking out fabric for liners for bags from a distance with a language barrier is just like, oh my gosh. But we're, we get there. We all are very patient with one another. And like today, um, my translator's traveling. And so he's not like where my partner is. And so I like, I was going through a box of products that I just got and super excited about. And I noticed just like a quirk of like, hey, this is fine. Like, it's not like these are not sellable, but next time could you do this? And so it's like, okay, videoing myself, explaining and touching and sending it to my translator, who's not even in town, who will then send it back to my guy. And like, (laughs) it's so much more convoluted now. Yeah, Yeah. because you're now it's like, and it's almost like a game of telephone. And you're like, I really hope this is coming across. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so then like my dad, we, I do live an hour and a half from my dad now. So like we try and uh, get together like every two weeks to get products swapped. And, but still like, it's a really quick turnaround for I make something or I ask for something and I get it and I can ship it. So like your signs that were custom yeah. within two weeks of us finishing it, like they were shipped to you. Whereas like with my leather work, it's like, okay, I have to like figure out how to explain this, not only like explaining my idea, but explaining my idea through somebody who is not like part of the craft yep. <laughs> and then um, them getting samples made. And then it takes two weeks to ship to us. And then if I want like 30 of them, I'm going to have to wait like a month and it's really slow, yeah. but it's worth it. It teaches you, teaches you just oh, a man. little bit of patience. Just a little bit with 2020. I had designed tote bags and it was our first bags we were going to carry. They were very simple. I remember I designed them and sent them before Thanksgiving 2019. And then I didn't receive them because COVID until like October 2020. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> oh, so lots of patience. Lots of patience. How was it like finally getting to go to Morocco and oh my gosh. see it? And what was your favorite part? 
Uh, so like going back to the girl that hoarded National Geographic's <laughs> and like was memorizing the globe. Um, I've done lots of traveling as a grown up. My husband and I love to go on adventures, but finally having like that job where like this is my job to go do this. So right. whenever I got married and had to get a new passport, change my name, I opted for like the 52 page passport. It's, it's a free upgrade to get lots of pages. And I was just like, I'm going to plan for the future and get the passport with lots of pages. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, this is going to happen, you know? And so, no, I have tons of pages left over. My passport's about to expire, but next time, but still, um, so like that, that God had put in my heart, like as a kid of like, I want to go and be a part and be a light. And, um, especially like having to start from scratch back, um, whenever we moved to middle Tennessee, it was just like, I boohooed all the way to the airport. Yeah. It's <laughs> like an hour and a half drive of like, wow, this is really happening. I am flying off to be a part of this and like meet these people that great. We've already been working with each other for over two years, but this is real now. Yeah. Um, but then landing there and like, it was, I didn't have like, I didn't bring new products to work on. It was just like, okay, I got to soak this up and like learn so much on this first trip. And yeah, that like, you can't put a price tag on context mm -hmm. and just understanding what you're working with and uh, seeing just the meeting everyone's family, of course, but hanging out, just spending time together, being equals instead of this, like coming together with, okay, we've got a plan and we've all got places to be and dinners waiting on us and like talking on business, but just like getting to know each other. And like, this was after Halloween. So I brought like Halloween candy for their kids. And it was just like, so cute. It was so fun. Just like having that human time together yeah. and like getting to know each other was just like priceless. I love that. That's so awesome. Yeah. What is, you know, kind of on the horizon for you in 2022? Oh man. So, um, we are, launching a, a new spring summer. <laughs> it was the spring collection. Now it's turning into the summer collection because you know, yeah. um, but this is, this is really fun. I'm working with an interior designer to, um, so instead of me just combing Pinterest, trying to figure out like what people would like working with someone who's in that space to really fill some holes in our product offerings and like test out some new cool opportunities. So um, we're launching pillows. Oh, I'm very excited about having some very pillows. Fancy. Very fancy. Yes. Um, so being more intentional about, okay, we're not just like getting a business started here. Let's like really figure out, okay, where we need to go. And we, we had a good year with wholesale last year. And so like, okay, now we know what stores want because we've got like some obvious bestsellers and I'm excited to be really intentional and like start channeling some good business mindsets, um, on that front. And yeah, um, that's, that's really exciting. Like starting some intentional product design. Um, so we hope to have a lot of new things. We've got 10 new items that will trickle out over the course of the spring, summer, and then hopefully um, have another set of items right before Christmas. So fingers crossed. I don't, I don't plan for much in like very finite terms anymore, but 
that's our hope. We're pretty excited. Well, everything that you make is beautiful. And I know oh, that whatever you. you come out with is going to be beautiful as well. Um, and I'm just really excited to continue to see your businesses grow and the impact that you're having. Um, so thank you so much, Stephanie. Oh, thank you, Molly. It's so fun to uh, be in this together. It's we are in this together. That's right. We are in this together. Um, okay. Well, now is the portion of the show where we, we just ask some fun, get to know you questions. And then, okay. uh, all right. So are you ready? I'm ready. Lay it on me. All right. Question number one is what is your current guilty pleasure? Oh man. Guilty pleasure. Let's see. Um, so I have a four-year-old and a two and a half year old, and they're both like wild and crazy right now so <laughs> like it's the the quiet time of okay let's like watch something on tv mm-hmm. that is not animated <laughs> and does not have jingles so um we take it like one bite at a time i think so right now we're, we're charlie and i my husband are working on ted lasso and that's oh, been like a really really fun one. So yeah, like uh, a really fun, lighthearted TV show is the thing right now. Ted Lasso's our jam. Love it. They actually just started filming (sighs) season three. Um, Well, as of where we're recording this, they will have been filming it for like a month. So I'm very excited. Very, very excited. You are, you are on top of this. I've been waiting. (laughs) Well, we're, we're, we're instantly all in. Exactly. Okay. So I thought this would be a fun one for you. So okay. for no reasons that are bad, so I don't want to send you to like a negative place in your head, but for, mm-hmm. for no reasons that are bad tomorrow, you had to shut down all of your businesses. Okay. okay. And you had to start yep. something completely new. What would yeah. you, what business would you start? Oh, for some weird reason, I was thinking about this this weekend. I would have a greenhouse for sure. I love it. See, instantly entrepreneurs no, know the answer to this question. And that's why I had it. <laughs> you can, um, only Molly can see, but I have like a mini greenhouse. Yeah, you do right have a lot of plants. Of, like, this is only one small slice of my indoor plant collection. I love it. I may have a problem. No, there's no problem. It's all all good. I love it so much. Okay. Yeah. Um, what is your current favorite uh, book or movie that you have read or watched this year? Man. Okay. So this is like really sad because uh, I have been in a like enjoying movies and books desert of time lately. Um, but something in, you said in the last year? Yeah, just in the last year. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I've been digesting a lot of Bob Goff for Ooh, sure. Love him. Love so, him. So like dream, dream big just came out somewhat recently, right? Yeah. Yeah. Last like, year. I pick up Bob Goff. Okay. Pick up Bob Goff is like, I need a personal cheerleader right here. And it just always gets me pumped up. Very excited. I know. Well, so one of our goats is named Sweet Maria and everyone thinks it's named after Sweet Maria. I noticed that. Which I'm like, (laughs) she's not. She's not named after Bob Goff's wife. (laughs) I don't know. Well, that is incorrect. Okay. So (laughs) So what's she named after? Well, her sons are named Kix and Ronnie as in Brooks and Dunn. And there's a okay. famous song called My Maria. And in the yeah. song, he says, yeah. Sweet Maria. So that's my Maria. Yeah. yeah. Sweet that, Maria. That takes me back to driving tractors with the country radio. Yeah. All of our goats have country music inspired names. So we've got Kicks. You've got like a Waylon and Willie, right? Waylon and Willie. Yeah. Waylon and Willie. Those are her new. Those are the babies that were born in November. 
So anyway, yeah. Anyway, it's good times. It's good times. Okay. And then my last question is the question I ask all my guests and that is Stephanie, what does it mean to you to run a business with purpose? Oh man, that is like showing up every day, knowing that the stuff that I'm slaving away on is serving somebody beyond just me and knowing that, all right, this may be dumb, like taxes and inventory, but dang it, the world is going to be a brighter place because I am showing up and being faithful and doing this and giving it my best. So that's it. I love it. I love it so much. Thank you for what you're doing. Uh, Stephanie, I really appreciate you and I'm cheering you on. Thanks, Molly. Did I not tell you that Stephanie is the best? We just had so much fun and I just wish I could sit down each week with, you know, people that I personally know, but I'm not going to lie every week. It's so fun to sit down with somebody new and different and hear their stories. And I can't wait for next week's episode. You are not going to want to miss it because one of my other dear friends, Mary Morantz is coming back on the show. She was back on the show a couple of years ago. It's been a while. It's time for her to come back because she's got a new book coming out. And oh my goodness, we both laughed. We cried through our conversation. It is one of the most powerful episodes I have done in a really long time. So you are not going to want to miss it. Now, as usual, I would love to know what you loved about this episode, or if there was something that you learned, please let me know on social media, tag me at still being Molly or at business with purpose podcast on Instagram or Facebook, use the hashtag business with purpose podcast, share the show with a friend because that is free for you to do and is a huge, huge, huge help for me. Thank you so much for supporting the show week in and week out. Be sure to head on over to whichever podcast platform you like best, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, wherever, and click the subscribe or follow button to make sure that you never miss a new episode of the show. And would you take a moment to leave a review for me? Leaving a review helps me to know what you're liking and how the show is personally impacting you. This show is produced by the incredible team at Third Wheel Media. Thank you so much for listening. Now go do something good with purpose on purpose.